0: This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. What do ordinary people in Russia think about the attack on Ukraine?
1: They will mainly uh, complain about the price growth and about the uh, danger of unemployment. That's Alexei Levinson,
0: a sociologist and senior researcher at the Levada Center, which is Russia's leading polling organization. He says when it comes to talking about the
1: war... Uh, people do not like to uh, discuss uh, this military operation. It is something that is far away. They prefer uh, not to treat as as a war. Coming up
0: on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia
1: could render huge harm to this country.
0: the National Security Podcast. I'm JJ Green. We talk on this podcast pretty frequently about the war in Ukraine. We know that Russia essentially started the war and we know that Russia's prosecuting this war. The war that's killed tens of thousands of people and has wounded just as many or many, many more. And it's continuing. We rarely hear what Russians think about this war. That, on this program, is what we do. We listen to a prominent Russian talk about what this war is doing back home. We hear from Dr. Alexey Levinson, a sociologist with Russia's Levada
1: Center. How is it living in Russia right now? Yeah. Uh, If uh, you ask uh, just ordinary Russians about that, um, they will mainly... Uh, complain uh, about the price growth uh, and about uh, the uh, danger of unemployment uh, for some of them, since many companies uh, uh, closed were closed after the start of uh, what is uh, called special military operation uh, in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, this is about all uh, people do not like to uh, discuss uh, this military operation. It is something that is far away, it is something that uh, they pre- uh, prefer uh, not to treat as, uh, as a war. Uh, so the uh this is not only just the uh the regulation uh, or the rule issued by the government but also the popular perception of uh, of this uh, situation because uh they reserve the word war for uh the what they would call the real war with uh I'm sorry, with your country, mm-hmm. okay. uh, and uh, with NATO, and it's possibly the thermonuclear war. All the rest is something much less dangerous in their perception. This is about the, uh, the people who live in Russia, not uh, uh, down there in Ukraine, or not the troops that are engaged in, uh, in the battle. But about the the ones who are perfectly safe, they do not expect, I don't know, bombing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, I stress this point uh, because uh, here in the conference, the uh, the popular perception is that Russia is in war. If we take the uh, popular perception of the things, it is not. Okay. How...
0: Do you hear at all any comments from your colleagues or from anyone about the situation for Ukrainians with this special military operation that, as your government calls it, um, we hear about atrocities, we hear about, we see images of really bad things. Are there any comments that you have or that you and your colleagues share and discuss about any of this? How do you feel?
1: Well, again, if it is uh, my, my responsibility, <laughs> uh, let's say my responsibility is not about myself and, and the colleagues of mine, but about the, the public, and uh, mm, let your, uh, your public, your uh, readers and listeners understand that the picture uh, Russians have in their eyes and let's say in their minds uh, is totally different from what they have all the atrocities all the uh, the victims and uh, and these things that are disturbing for a normal person a normal human soul they are a uh, Either they are attributed to the opposite side. It's them who are torturing. It's them who are killing, not us. Uh, so uh, the the sentiments people have in their uh, in their inner self are different from the ones uh, the outer world has. This should be. Understood uh, because some people think, well, why don't you Russians protest against this war? See, th- this is the reason why. Certainly, there are uh, people who are uh, aware of what is going on in reality, who are uh, well informed because they watch uh, the they surf the, the internet and so on. Uh, and some of them uh, tra- keep trying to protest, mostly individually, because the collective protest is actually technically uh, impossible. The, uh, this, how to say, the su- supervision of the authorities is very, very close, very, very tight. So it mostly uh, the expression of the anti-militarist <clears throat> uh, sentiments are the inscriptions on the walls done uh, maybe at night time by I don't know whom, uh, or uh, the individual uh, manifestations with, say, a small, uh, a small sheet of paper which lasts about five or ten minutes, before the, the police comes, this is this is uh, the uh, the other uh, the other way of uh, perception. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, the person who is um, uh, who is brave enough to uh, protest risks uh, well, starting from several hours to several years. Of detention. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, Professor Levinson, thank you very much. I appreciate you. you sharing this with. Thank us. you, thank you. As regards to your uh, audience, and uh, let's hope next time we can discuss less terrible things.
0: That was an interview that took place several weeks ago in Tallinn, Estonia. And looking at the war in Ukraine, there's not much hope anytime soon of talking about anything less terrible, as Professor Levinson put it. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. What you're hearing is a little girl in a hospital in Ukraine. She's maybe five or six years old. She's singing the national anthem while she's getting her foot bandaged. She's being treated for injuries she received during shelling this morning in Mykolaiv. And this little girl is just one of many children that are wounded every day in Ukraine. Also in this airstrike, a three-month-old infant, a nine-year-old boy in another airstrike, girls ages 14 and 15 were wounded. According to Ukraine's government, 347 children have been killed, 627 have been wounded. And of course, we know, Tens of thousands of people have been killed in war crimes. We know what the impact is on Ukraine. What about its neighbors? What about Lithuania? Around the same time, I also had another conversation with Linus Linkevicius, the former Minister of Defense and Minister of Foreign Affairs. Ambassador, what's happening in Ukraine has struck the world. Um, everybody's aware of it. Not many people really understand where it's going. It's very emotional time, very emotional situation. But coming from Lithuania, which has had this its own history with Russia and fought valiantly throughout history against oppression by Russia, I'm very interested to start off with uh, on your thoughts about this war um, mm. and where it is and, and what you see.
2: I like your question, which struck yeah, the world, but it reminds me book of Ron Asmus when he wrote after. Uh, war uh, started in South Caucasus in 2008. If you remember, little war had shaken the world. But uh, was that true? I'm, I'm not sure, because the reaction at that time was also very sharp, uh, quite concrete demands uh, from Russia, and we got back to business as usual in a very short time, because there were pragmatic voices, one can say, uh, to, to, to get back to the dialogue, because it was important for the economy, for... for uh, whatever reason. And we were, few of us, uh, we are a minority, which were making some noise, you know, saying that, guys, it's not good. Uh, we, we are not consistent and we are not respecting our own de- demands. Why are back to business as usual after what happened? And we mentioned and myself, I personally mentioned, I remember uh, other hotspots, including Crimea, by the way, which uh, nobody believed it could be immediately, right? It was not immediately. It was not about Ukraine at that time. But uh, Ukraine, I can tell you, uh, I, I don't know where, where, I, where I told you uh, in, during our previous uh, meetings, but I remember a summit in Bucharest when Putin, as a, President Putin, spoke during NATO-Russia Council and uh, talked to NATO leaders, uh, saying, with whom you're cooperating, with Ukraine. It's not a country, it's artificial creation, 2008. Yeah. So how many years needed to hear what he said? <laughs> That's my point, because many were surprised. When he said that the Ukraine nation has no right to exist and uh, just even name Ukraine should be deleted, right? Now they are probably re- rewriting even um, uh, manuals of history. <laughs> and again, those who are surprised, I'm asking where you were at that time when we were talking, when, when he was talking about Ukraine. So uh, whether it's shaken or not, uh, or, 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 or what, what happened to st- us, it's, 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 it's still a question for me. Now it's different, I agree. Reaction uh, was uh, adequate, all, 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 although it was too late and too little. That's also true. But now all world is united. Mm-hmm. But soon we will see how it, uh, realistically uh, our expectations of Ukrainians. And a few examples. In the context of European Union, you know probably they are uh, asking for membership, right? At least for candidate status. And this should be decided in uh, next month. So uh, um, this nice poetry by heads of state was that uh, we feel that Ukraine is in our heart, Ukraine is in our family, but this should be transferred to the legal language. They should be given candidate status to start negotiations, which takes time. 35 chapters to negotiate. It's a big deal, I know, from our own experience. So this will be a sign, are we serious to start Talking uh, on this, and uh, other other checkpoint would be uh, NATO summit in Madrid, and because uh, since 2008, by the way, summit in Bucharest. In every summit, in the documents, it was said that Ukraine and Georgia will be members of NATO. Hmm? So now will be again some documents, and after all this noise, as we all know, uh, we'll see whether it will be repeated. Yeah, because in every summit it was repeated. So look at that very carefully, and we'll have to summit uh, end of uh, June, very soon, basically. That will be also answer, are we serious? And and this is, uh, this is answering to your question. Is it really lessons which were learned, or as it was usually lessons which were not learned? No. Not learned by us, learned by aggressor, because they are measuring everything by what the damage they're doing, is it agreeable, uh, if price is agreeable, uh, why they shouldn't continue, you know, because price was agreeable so far. You can yeah. take part of 20% of Georgian territory, you can annex Crimea, and uh, nothing basically happened. Yeah. If you would follow their own propaganda outlets, uh, they even were encouraging themselves. So what happened? Nothing happened. Now now it happened. Uh, they really totally isolated, not only economically, but also culturally, by sport, yeah. whatever. So big deal. But nevertheless, still those who are watching... Uh, uh, only state-controlled TV. Uh, they still, uh, I mean, Russians. So they still perceiving this uh, war as something that, like science fiction. Mm-hmm. Somebody fighting, somebody dying, but not them. Mm-hmm. And that's still to come. And uh, we still will be facing uh, big, big challenges in the future. Two
0: questions for you: the this war, how how does Ukraine and the West end this war with Russia? And what does it look like to win what what does a victory for ukraine look like
2: Uh, in short i would say victory would be not to lose for ukraine because they do not have task to conquer moscow probably right or to demilitarize russia which would be nice idea given the situation but this is probably not if they will not lose that will be victory uh, for them for ukraine
0: so what do they need to do to win.
2: What they are doing uh, exactly uh, what we are talking, but they are do- doing and they are fighting, fighting good. So we have to double even our assistance, and that's the way to go. And they must must really in this in this regard they must win. the The, the victory would be were they having these tasks, and I believe this is not unrealistic uh, to get back to the situation where war started, to clean the territory uh, from these aggressors, and that's that's exactly what they would like to achieve, and then. I would add one more point, and probably I will even even make more more clear views uh, public. They must be accepted to NATO after war will end. After they will win or not lose, as I said, they must be accepted to NATO in order to guarantee their future. And basically, uh, all all uh, other options will not be considered because uh, uh, if if this um, current leadership in Russia still continue to be kind of. Uh, exist, they, they will not get rid of the sur- surrealistic geopolitical dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe that will be some pause, but after they will gain back uh, uh, and treat wounds and uh, gain gain back this power which were obviously, obviously uh, damaged uh, substantially. They will come back to this okay. aggressive. So that's uh, the S- way.
0: So does Ukraine winning mean back to 2013 um, uh, territorial uh, integrity of? Before the the 2014 engagement, or bef- back um,
2: at least, I'm I now talking about this uh, more active phase, right? Before uh, after after the 24th of February, what I'm talking. So now that would be al- already victory, but of course they would like to clean territory. Generally, uh, full Donbass liberate uh, Crimea, mm-hmm. and uh, there are thoughts about that as well. But I, I'm talking about this minimum uh, benchmark, which could be indicator okay. of their victory.
0: So the people that you talk to on a regular basis as you know, an ambassador at large and people you've uh, had connections with for many years in the diplomatic community, one of the things that's very concerning to some of the Ukrainians that I've spoken to is this, this worry that the West will get bored get tired Fine. and start yeah. focusing on focusing on other things what is necessary to keep the to keep the west attention
2: i hope this attention is uh, being kept uh, because uh, the understanding and feeling that this is really matters for for everyone personally you know it's not like it was before annexation of crimea tragedy yes but now it's different. Now it felt that the uh, Russians are undermining all foundation of liberal world and yeah. destructing all uh, security architecture, which uh, on which we are building all our institutions. And mm-hmm. and basically, this is big, big challenge. So so everybody understands that this is fight for uh, true, and uh, that's uh, that's I believe uh, unites. And I hope to will not be bored, as you said. I hope so, but yeah. we'll see.
0: So let's go to Lithuania for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Lithuania has been prepared and has warned the West and other people uh, west of Lithuania, just as Estonia has for years, that Russia might do something like this. So what is Lithuania doing to prepare itself for possible provocations from Russia in the future?
2: No, first of all, we are in a completely different situation than Iranians or Moldavians or Georgians. We are members of NATO, of European Union, and that explains a lot. And we are not uh, first-year members, so we feel this uh, this physically even, and very important. But at the same time, looking around, and when we are talking about enlargement of NATO and uh, addition of possible addition of Sweden and Finland, and uh, everyone now counts that thousand three hundred kilometers long border uh, with NATO, yeah, for, for Russia. But uh, let me mention Belarus, which is our neighborhood, It's thirty kilometers from Vilnius, and uh, after. Uh, russia will absorb belarus uh, which we're not talking now because there are other challenges around but this is also as we speak this is happening disappearing this country uh, the the unit remains but de facto it's disappearing and border uh, with the external enlarged russia will be thousand kilometers Kalingrad region and belarus so that's uh, to saying that so having said this I, I I say that our across the whole spectrum of our political of uh, everyone understands that we have to increase defense budget. Now it's 2.5 and should be even more. Uh, we also uh, uh, return to conscription army, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was professional some time ago. Mm-hmm. And now there are talks about total conscription, conscription which is not um, possible immediately, but nevertheless should be done. And uh, definitely plans uh, how to to, to, to do our own, so to say, mission like uh, host nation support because we, 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 it's not a big secret that um, all Eastern flank needs reinforcement. It happens that uh, NATO infrastructure was developed in the old uh, members' territories and they knew it was not the case. There was no, no need probably but there are also more reasons. Now everybody understands it should be comp- compensated. So we relying on this reinforcement and we need to improve our own uh, capabilities in terms of logistics and uh, again as as i said host nation support so this is focused on that and also uh, focused on these key capability gaps like air defense missile defense uh, all that stuff that should be also done by us we we have really concrete plans and we are doing that in the context of nato efforts so that's Mm -hmm. that's how it goes and everybody shares this Understanding, I, I cannot say literally everybody because usually there are nuances, right. but in general, all, all public and uh, all, all across all spectrum of major political parties, they understand that we have to do ourselves in order to rely on uh, allies to come and help, but we have to do uh, what 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 we have to do.
0: Well, uh, Ambassador, thank you. As always, you always put the, the fine point on the most necessary things for us to, to focus on. Oftentimes we get carried away with the the bright shining things that we see in our society but sometimes we miss the things that are most important but you always put a fine point on it so thank you
2: appreciate thanks a lot
0: that's it for this episode of target usa coming up in our next episode a top ukrainian diplomat says there's no more time for trying to figure out why russia is doing what it is doing
1: it's about time for all of us to stop trying to analyze it and just realize that we have to stop it.
0: Oksana Markarova, Ukraine's ambassador to the US.
1: After eight years of war in Ukraine, after Russia not only attacked us, but attacked Georgia in 2008, attacked Syria before, attacked Moldova in the early of 90s, poisoned people in London, shot MH17, a commercial peaceful aircraft from the sky, it's time for all of us to say we don't really care why they're doing it.
0: And there's only one thing that matters.
1: They shouldn't be allowed to do that in the 21st century to another nation.
0: That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at jgreen@wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word at whiskey tango oscar papa. jgreen@wtop.com. Also, please Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at wtop.com/email. I'm JJ Green, and this is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. Hey, Cobra Kai fans. Come hear what Peyton List has to say on Kicking It With The Coves this week. Peyton plays one of my favorite
2: characters, Tori Nichols.
0: Our stunt coordinators came up with a sort of training background for each character.
2: Mm, like, that's interesting. Uh, Tori
0: had done a little kickboxing before, so that kind of came in when I first tried to take on Miguel and why I was cocky enough to think that, you know, I could come in here and I could just make an entrance. Listen to Kicking It With The Coves now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you can sweep your leg and get the podcasts.